There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of our God. There is a river, the streams whereof make glad the city of our
Dios. Lord, I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be. Are you glad this morning? I will rejoice, yeah. I will rejoice. I'm going to sing this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. rejoice, but when we come to church, we can just praise the Lord and rejoice, can't we? Look at someone and say, God bless you, and you may be seated for just a moment. Give somebody a God bless you. That's wonderful. This is a wonderful day, our Memorial Day weekend, and so that means this evening, Pastor, and church feels like we should be spending more time with our families. So we'll get to stay at home and rejoice with them and visit with them and cook or go out and eat, whatever turns you on. You know, I like to cook once in a while. Virgil said I don't cook much, but I do cook some. So we're going to cook out and have the family over, and that'll be good. It makes you feel so good to be with your family and to spend time with them. But we want to, especially at this memorial holiday, Remember to uh, pay honor to all those who have served in our country. And if, you have a, if you're a veteran or you're presently serving in the armed forces of our nation, would you just stand all over the building, those who have served in the our country to protect us all over? Yes, we have three in the choir, four, Jen. Oh, that's beautiful. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for that. That's wonderful. We appreciate you, and we will never forget the service that you give, have given for us. Thank you. God bless you. Well, we will, we will not be here tonight in service, but we will be back Wednesday night and through the week. The um, uh, Mary Circle will be having their uh, ladies' circle meeting Thursday night at Angie Kelly's, and it's appetizers. And then the uh, Linda Ingham is helping us with a tea party for the ladies I mean, if you like to dress up and put a hat and gloves on, I love that. Virgil won't hardly go out with me if I wear a hat. He just thinks we shouldn't wear hats anymore, but I might get, just get me a new hat. They're back. Yeah, I should do that, shouldn't I? And come to our tea party Saturday. You can sign up for that. You don't have to sign up if you want to come to the Merry Circle Thursday, but bring an appetizer. And you know why we do these circles and uh, these times of get-together? We want Christian fellowship. We want to be with our brothers, our sisters mostly, in the, in the Lord and have fellowship and share about what God's doing in our life. 
we can't do that in church a lot because we were not supposed to talk. We're supposed to listen to the pastor, right, pastor? Not supposed to be talking or texting or anything like that. We're supposed to have all ears and everything for the pastor. So we get together so we can talk and, and share and fellowship about the goodness of God. So that's what our circles are for, and we hope that you'll enjoy that. Now we're going to ask all of our uh, visitors today, our guests, if you'll just remain seated. And we'll have all of our members and regular attenders to stand all over the building. And we're going to have a time of fellowship and get out and shake hands and greet one another, especially those people that are still seated. They're our guests today. Make them welcome and, and wish them uh, Godspeed. Shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am 
more shackles, no more chains. No more shackles, no more chains. No more bondage. I am free. I am free. Oh, praise God, I'm free. Hallelujah. How many of you got set free this last week? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus be the center of it all. Jesus be the center of it all. From beginning. From beginning to the end, it will always be.
Jesus, you're Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you, Jesus. showed us this week that he cares about us. And that he's listening for our call. And he already knows our needs. Lord, we cry out to you, Father. Hear my cry, O oh Lord. 
Are you ready to surrender it all over to him? Make me a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer, Lord. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. I love you, Lord. <laughs> Lord, make me a house. Make me a house. Listen to me for just a moment. When we're singing that song, we're saying, Lord, make me a house of prayer. The Bible talks clearly all through Scripture that we are to pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Nothing changes without prayer. You need to pray over your family. You need to pray over your own heart. You need to pray over your children, over your job situation. You need to not let anything in your life go uncovered by prayer. Lord, make me a house of prayer. A house is where you live. A house is where you reside. It's home. This song is saying, make me a Bethel. Make me a house. Make where I live and reside, make it a place of prayer. He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my rock and my refuge. Moses knew Him. Joshua said, as He was with Moses, so shall He be with me. And you have the right to say, as he was with Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joshua, as he was with Ruth, as he was with Paul and John, as he was with Luke and Matthew, as he was with the disciples, he is with me. I am a child of the living God. I'm a child of God. So Lord, Make me a house of prayer. Make me a place, Lord, where I live in your presence. And I bring everything to you. Won't you put your hand over your heart where you are this morning? I want you to pray right now over your heart, which means everything you love. Whether it's physical, emotional, whether it's your family, a friend, whether it's your provision, this represents every need in your life. And I want you with one hand up, I want you to begin to start asking God right now for your heart, for the heart of your life, for the loves of your life, for the family, for your friends, for your job, for promotion, for favor, that God will bless abundantly. Lord, make me a house. Make me house of prayer a house of prayer Lord 
Make me a house, make me a house of prayer, a house of prayer. May the fire of my altar never burn out, fire of my altar never burn out, the fire of my altar never burn out. I want you to give the Lord great praise this morning. Give him praise. Oh. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. As we prepare to join together and pray for Israel, we wanted to take a moment in honor of Memorial Day and do something special. This morning, I want to honor those that are worthy of honor. How many here would agree that the freedom and liberty, the benefits that we have as Americans and to live in this country didn't come free? Amen. It takes a very special individual that be willing to put their life in danger and we be willing to sacrifice that life if necessary for the benefit of others. It's estimated that since the Revolutionary War, there's been 1,354,664 individuals that's fallen in battle. It's an estimation, that's a lot of people that's paved the way for what we have right now freedom, the protection, the safety, the liberty, all the benefits that we have in this country and all the benefits that all the other countries in the world see here and that want to be part of. There's been many people that sacrificed for this. We want to do something very special this morning as we pray. I know Liz has already asked, but I would like to at this time ask every veteran to please stand right now. Every veteran that's ever served in our armed forces, if you'd please stand. We thank you. And please remain standing for a minute. I'd ask that you would stay standing for a minute. I know it's uncomfortable, but we want to pray for you. We want to pray blessings over you, because we are a house of prayer, are we not? Thank you for your service, for your dedication, for your heart. Thank you for being willing to put your life on the line for us so we can experience the freedom that we have. And now God can use you 
to continue to fight a different battle, a spiritual battle for souls. So as we pray this morning for Israel, let's pray for these men and women. Amen. Father, we thank you for these men, women, Lord, the people that you've called at this time for a different battle. But Lord, before they were in the armed forces here in the United States and they were willing to put their life on the line for us, Lord, and we thank you for them. We ask that you would bless them, that you would bless their families, that you would give them strength. Lord, and that you would protect them, that you would cover them, Father. In the name of Jesus, we ask blessings over them today, that they may feel loved, that they may feel the honor, that they may feel respected for what they did for us in this country and for you, Father, above all. Lord, and we also pray for Israel this morning. Lord, I ask that you would cover that nation, Lord, and that you would be with your people and that you would protect them and that you would use them in these difficult times. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you. Now our ushers are going to be coming forward, and this is your opportunity to help in a different way. Just as in the armed forces, a lot of people aren't called to that. You know, maybe you've been called to something different. We need teachers, we need lawyers, we need judges, we need doctors, nurses. But just as there's a physical battle, there's a spiritual battle for souls. And although you may not have been able to serve in the military, and although you, in the church you may not be able to serve in a lot of different places, but you can still support. You can still give. You can give to those that are in the front lines, those that are trying to reach the souls. Right now is your opportunity to help this church reach the people that so desperately need Christ in this area. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning and we honor you. We thank you for what we have. We thank you for the provision that you've given us. We thank you for being there for us and being there with us. Lord, And we want to support your ministry here. We give to you today, Lord, out of, the, out of our heart, out of the love that we have for you. Lord, and it's our desire that this offering would meet the needs and exceed the needs, Lord, of this church and those that you've called to work in the front lines. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love being surrounded by heroes. And... Um, Freedom always comes with a price, and usually that price is blood. And because of the sacrifices that our military people have made, we are free to worship. There is no way I could stand in probably Iraq or a lot of these countries and worship the Lord full on like we were able to do this morning and we thank you for that it was another price paid for our freedom huh? absolutely the ultimate sacrifice Jesus shed his blood for me
Come on and give him praise. He's worthy of praise this morning, man. He's the awesome, mighty, powerful creator of the universe. Amen. This is not a presidential election. This is not a senatorial race. We're talking about King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the creator of the ends of the world. Amen. He deserves for us to be passionate. He deserves for us to be excited. God deserves praise. The Bible says, clap your hands all ye people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. The disciples said, if you don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. The oceans will wave their hands. The trees will give up praise. The birds know better than to take credit for it. They give him glory and honor. Hallelujah. He deserves our best praise. He deserves it. I want you one time. Everybody stand with me all over the house. I want you one time to do this. I want you and me together. I want heaven to wonder what in the world's going on down at 4419 Nelson Road. I want God to have to look over and see right here and call some of the angels who are busy and they're not paying attention. I want them all to have to look. I want us to give heaven the biggest round of applause from earth saying thank you for the blood thank you for the champion thank you for the savior come on let's give him praise hallelujah hallelujah Woo! yes hallelujah the stars are giving him praise the heavens are giving him glory and praise the lord all ye people 
Praise God. I wish you could feel what it feels like up here. I wish you could feel what it feels like right here. Man. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Jesus risen again. Come on, give him praise. Wow. of folks were hearing people raising a ruckus upstairs they thought surely somebody has broke out a keg of some sort somebody's went hog wild crazy over there listen to those people they're up there hooping and hollering and shouting and they're dancing there's all kinds of fire looks like they got a light show going on in there all kinds looks like fire in there I don't know what's happening in there they must be drunk they must be crazy. They must be nutcases. But it was Peter who came out, stood up on top of a rock, and he said, Oh, you men of Judea, this is not, they're not drunken as you suppose. You're accusing them of something that ain't true. Let me tell you what this is. He said, This is that. He took them back to the Old Testament. He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel who said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. How many of you are part of the all flesh here this morning? Pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men, 
they'll have visions. And in those days, I'll pour out my spirit upon your servants and your maid servants, upon every son and daughter. I'm going to pour out on all flesh. Welcome to the last days. Man, it feels good in here today. Y'all must have had revival this week or something. I don't know. Feels good in here. Because you know what's awesome about this? I'm so glad, Dad. My dad's right there. Hey, Dad. I'm so, I'm so glad I'm with a group of folks. There must be some powerful unity, Brother Barnett, in this house this morning. Because we're all, it, it just feels like we're all on the same page. It feels like we're all united here together. People love God, want to serve God, want to honor God, want to praise God. Some will praise Him quiet. Others will praise Him loud. Some will praise Him with a hoop and a holler. And some will just cry. It doesn't matter how you do it. But I think we've all come in here together to give the Lord great praise and honor. Somebody's praising him on the guitar. Somebody's praising him on the drum. Somebody's praising him with their voice and their song. Others are praising with their hands. Some with their feet. Some are, pro oh, oh, hallelujah. But make no mistake, this is that. <laughs> Well, this ain't even part of my message. I ain't got this wrote down anywhere. Well, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Give Him praise. Give Him praise. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, hopefully you're already there. I'm going to read verses 15 through 17, then we're going to jump down to verse 23. I got 20 minutes. I'm on that back screen, I'm looking at my hair. That's really gross, I don't want to see it. I love it when the Lord puts his own, his own twist on the message. Because you see, I come in here, you know, I've come in here the last seven years on this Sunday. And I've preached a message about going back and remembering and memorializing and linking that together with our, our wonderful veterans who have served. And, and I, I meant to do the same. I meant to search the scriptures to find something to link the two together. But it was amazing how the Lord said, I got something for you you've never done before. And I said, well, Lord, I got to have divine inspiration for this morning. I need to hear from you. And the Lord said, well, it's Pentecost Sunday. He said, why don't you talk about the warriors of Pentecost? Somebody says, oh, no. Is he really going to preach on Pentecost? Oh, no. Oh, it's going to get uncomfortable in here today. 
Well, I think it feels pretty good. I don't know about you. It feels pretty good. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Listen to these words. Jesus says, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Somebody ought to say amen right there. Jump down to verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and will come to him and make our, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. Boy, that is just powerful right there. I could close the Bible and say amen, and we could leave this house, and you would have had the best message preached to you with that one line right there. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things have I spoken to you while being present with you. <laughs> but. Gage, do you remember but God? Here it is again. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Father, we come to you this morning asking you by the Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts, teach us, guide us into your truth. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here this morning. Lead us to the heart of Jesus. We live to honor you. You're our passion. You are our desire. Break us, overtake us in Jesus' name and for his cause. And everyone agreed and said amen. Amen. You may be seated. We remember Memorial Day and we remember the fallen warriors of the United States of America, and we pay homage in our church to those who have served. We love you, we honor you, we respect you. You won't find any dishonor or disrespect among our people. We love and honor your sacrifice and your gift to the United States of America. We appreciate you and we remember you, and over the next day, we'll be coming together in parades and we'll, we'll go to graveyards and We'll go and we'll honor, we'll place wreaths and we'll make sure to, to, to salute and to celebrate and to once again, whenever we hear the star-spangled banner or the national anthem, put our hand over our heart. We ought to be patriots. Say amen. amen. 
was at a graduation last evening, and, and my mind kept going through all the, the, the people who are burning the flag and stomping on the flag. Don't do that anywhere near me. Don't you do that anywhere near me. Because I'll have my own protest on your head. If they can, they can stomp on that, then I can stomp on you. Oh, no, I'm kidding. The love of the Lord is in me. But I was at this graduation, and they started up the national anthem. And, I, you know, sometimes people, you know, they do it different ways. But I sat there, and I thought, Brother Pitts, I thought there's nothing else I can do. I took that hand, and I went, <clears throat> and I kept it there the entire time. And I thought, man, for everyone that wants to stand against her, I'm going to stand for her. And I was there making sure I was honoring and respecting my country. But you know, I, as I begin and as I said, I was praying about honoring the country and honoring vet veterans and warriors. The Lord put a heaviness on my heart for the freedoms and the liberty that's been granted to the church on the day of Pentecost. Liberty that goes back much further than 1776. Today we're celebrating a victory that goes all the way back to A.D. 30. Today we will honor the birth of the church. It was a spiritual battle that was won there that day. An exchange of power took place. A group of scattered individuals who'd been in many different places and used in different ways and many of them had not been together and had not worked together or had an allegiance together had suddenly been ordered, instructed by the Lord to come together to go to this little place, this upper room. And as they entered then and walked up those steps as individuals, they came down as a movement. They came down as a body of believers they came down those stairs as the church you see the church was literally born on the day of pentecost we as pentecostals a lot of times we 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 consider ourselves to be unique when it comes to christendom we kind of consider ourselves to be us and them so to speak because we, we've had to come from the other side of the tracks through our history. We've had to come through bombings and burnings and people tearing down uh, the first church of God W.F. Bryan ever built. It was first one was burnt to the ground by a bunch of Methodist, Baptists, and Presbyterians who all got together and decided that the, these people were anarchists and they were crazy and they needed to be run out of town. And so then they rebuilt the church again, and then somebody discovered dynamite, and they went over and put it in the wood slats of that little building once they'd rebuilt it, and they blew it up the next time. W.F. Bryant was taking his children to the church house one evening, and his, his kids were hid underneath the hay because they knew it was trouble for them to even go through town, and all of a sudden, buckshot comes flying out through the woods as they are attacked on their way to the house of God. Oh, we've, we've had some battles, and we've kind of separated ourselves through the years, but oh, that's all changed. Now we have big, nice edifices and buildings, and we've got money in the budget and lots of people on our pews, and we've got lawyers and doctors and all kinds of folks who come together, and, and we, we've come uptown, so to speak. But I will tell you something. There is something still to be said for remembering where we have come from and to not get away from where we have gotten the power that has made us unique, supernaturally different than the rest of the world. 
Not that we are anything special in and of ourselves or because of our doctrine. But because of the truth of God's word that we find on the day of Pentecost. We've come from a battle where surgery, spiritual surgery was done. The day of Pentecost is a, is a wonderful reminder, an important day, not only on the Jewish calendar, the Feast of Pentecost, but it's also very important for us because God's patterns have aligned together with the Jewish traditions and history, and we have the birth of the church happening that afternoon. Unlike Christmas and Easter, even though this day of Pentecost is just as important in the timeline as Easter or Christmas was, we find there are no special markers. There, there are no uh, memory makers, things that you can buy, souvenirs that kind of commemorate the day. Um, we don't have any Easter baskets or bunnies or Santas or trees or crosses. or We don't have any of those things that we have in these other holidays and sacramental services. Uh, as a matter of fact, most people tend to ignore Pentecost Sunday because it brings so much debate and it brings so many questions and so much division among Christians. But today is an important, important day, an amazing day. And for those of you who may not be clear about what Pentecost Sunday is, let, let, me, let me run through a couple of facts for you. Pentecost Sunday marks the day when the Holy Spirit descended upon 120 believers in the upper room. Pentecost Sunday occurs 50 days after Easter. Pentecost comes 10 days after the ascension of Jesus Christ to the throne room of God. Pentecost is also known as the birthday of the church. It fulfills the promise that Jesus made in John chapter 16 that I just read to you, that the counselor, the comforter, the helper would come and be the spirit of truth, the agent of God. Pentecost also it was the launching pad for the large-scale spreading of the gospel after Jesus' ascension. Acts 2 and 41 records that after Peter spoke to the crowd, after receiving the Holy Spirit, some 3,000 people were baptized and believed. And the Bible says, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Within a few days, 5,000. Within weeks, in months, in years, tens of thousands. It began to spread like wildfire. Oh no, the day of Pentecost was not just another day. What was it that made it so special? What was it that made it so, so interesting and, and so, so, so uh, inspiring for the faith of the disciples and the believers? What was it that caused it to be an accelerator for the gospel? To cause an explosion of faith that took place in that city, rocking it up? Side down and literally going from there out into the towns and villages until it covered everywhere. And within 300 years, it became the absolute number one religion of the Roman Empire. What was it that has taken this little band of believers, 120 of them strong, anointing them and getting them prepared and ready to go and evangelize a world that now hosts over one billion people strong what was that it was simply this 
it was the day the church was born and the promise was fulfilled. What was the promise? Better to say, who was the promise? For he's here this morning. He has been in this house this morning. If you have felt a passionate praise, if you have felt the exuberance in this house, if you have sensed the excitement that's here, if you have felt in some of you, I saw you as you were wiping the tears from your eyes, the, the emotion, yes, that came alongside of the general something down deep inside of you. Something you can't really explain. You, you don't really know how to describe. You just know it's different. It's supernatural. He is the Holy Spirit. Not an it. Not a force or a power. He brings those things. Used to make me so upset when I would hear years ago, well, did you get it? I know they meant well. Did you get it? It? As if it was a thing, not a person. The Godhead, Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. With a personality, with a mind to think. He can feel joy. He can think and strategize. He, he can outline for you. He can instruct you and teach you. He's a teacher. He's a guide. He, he can guide you along your path. He, he can even be grieved. He can feel. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's the one. He's the one that Jesus, when he left, he ascended to the right hand of the Father, having completed the mission of his life on earth, his cross and crucifixion, taking the sins of the entire world, placing them upon himself, and taking that sacrifice all the way to death, then takes all the way from death down into the caverns of hell, receives the keys to death, hell and the grave, comes back up, takes that old earthly body that had been crucified and breathes the breath of life on him, over him, in him, and he comes to life. That was the Spirit of God at work right alongside of the work of God, the work of God. At Calvary's cross. And they went together. And as they went together. And moved together. Jesus comes up out of that tomb. And he's seen. And everywhere he goes. There's so much power now. The resurrecting power of the Holy Spirit. Working in him and through him. And by him and with him. He now walks alongside the road. And the Bible says. 
graves begin to shake, rattle, and roll, and become uh, dirt goes flying everywhere, and dead people are found walking throughout the city. Why? Because something supernatural had just taken place that was going to change the whole world. Everything was going to turn now. And then Jesus looked at the disciples as they were crying out, Lord, what will we do now? And he said, I'm going to go away. And they said, no, you can't go away. And the Lord looked at him, and this is just my paraphrase. I believe that the Lord looked over at him and then just kind of winked and said, oh, yeah, you want me to go away. Because the completion of his mission was that when he then turned and left, he looked over at the Holy Spirit and said, I'm going to leave them in your hands. Your job, make them one. Make them a body. Make them a force to be reckoned with. Make them the children of Almighty God. Like he and I are one together, your assignment is to make them unified as a force that is a nightmare to the enemy. Don't you know that? So Jesus ascends to the right hand, takes his place on the throne, looks at the Father and says, I pray, Father. And the Father looks over and says, go ahead, son. Father, I pray. Oh, I've been waiting on this for a long time. Go ahead, say it, boy. Father, would you send? Mm -hmm. Would you send the Spirit? I've just been waiting on you to take your seat. Then the next thing you know, as Jesus had left, he looked at his disciples and he said, go, gather all the believers. Get them in the upper room. When they get in the upper room, tell them I want them to pray. Tell them I want them to pray until something happens. Oh, they'll know. Well, Jesus, what, what's going to take place? Oh, you'll know. But Lord, how will we know? Just pray. But God, we need a little more instruction. Just go and tarry. Just wait. Just wait. And when it happens, you won't need nobody to tell you what's going on. So they get in that upper room and they begin to pray. And they begin to, they're singing, break every chain. Break every chain. And they're taking the chains off. And they're getting loose. And they're getting free. And that one of them said, I'm not going to chew on camel anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put down that old habit. And another one's over here. I'm not going to steal from the temple anymore. Another one's over here. I'm going to confess this. I've been looking over at that lady. And I don't want to have that in my life. I'm just, they're all confessing. And they're believing. They're getting sanctified and getting holy before God. They're getting together. And they're not saying, well, you're from that side of town and you're from that side of town and you're one of those folks i'm over here doing no they they're letting all that down and they're reaching over and they're taking hands with one another and the next thing you know they're singing a song the same song together and they're in that upper room and right about the time the last one of the 120 has reached over and said let me join in on that song and they're all just singing and they're dancing together and they're praising god singing the same song doing the same thing god says now And the wind, the wind of God is his breath. 
as his breath. I believe it was his breath they heard. I believe that was the sound that they heard. I believe God looked down and said, all right, spirit, go on and do your thing. And he began to blow. And as he began to blow, it sounded like a mighty rushing wind as it came into the upper room. Can you imagine what it was like as all of a sudden they see, they hear this roar and this rumbling. And they turn around to see what in the world's going on. They thought it was the wind and it wasn't. It was fire that was coming in to the room through every window, every window. And as it got near them, sat on top of them, they looked up, they saw that. And the power of God fell in the house and they began to speak with other tongues. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, they began to speak in languages they'd never learned. And that's about the time that they downstairs out on the street was going, what in the world is going on with them Galileans? They have lost their mind. They've said that about us too. And they'll keep saying it until Jesus comes. And when we all get to heaven, there's going to be some folks from some nominal churches going to sit back and go, well, I didn't think they were coming. I sure didn't think they'd be here. And we'll, we'll march in saying, oh, he abides, he abides, hallelujah, he abides with me, the comforter. We'll go in singing the song of the redeemed and the song of the field. We'll say the wind is blowing again. And we'll be singing, shouting with the best of them. We'll have ourselves of time. And they'll be going there, oh, no, heaven will never be the same. Those Pentecostals are here. uniqueness of this day the church being built that has now lasted from that hour from the hour that the Holy Ghost fell and Peter got anointed and went out there and said this is that and they began to move out and evangelize and there was about 3,000 people they say that believed that hour that were absolutely blown away by what they heard. They believed it because they heard all of these people up here. They were speaking in all kinds of different languages, but what they didn't understand was that all of them was, was Galileans. All of them were from the same town and the same group of people, the same race of people. How in the world do we hear them, they said, speaking our languages. I'm from Parthenon, and I'm over here in this area. And whatever, there was a whole bunch of lists, about 18 different towns and cities and places where they came from. They all spoke different languages, and yet in that one little room, they heard them speaking all kinds of different languages. And the Bible's clear to point out there'll be languages of men, and there'll be languages of angels. There'll, there's an unknown kind of tongue that works. It all works together. God is bringing everyone together, and that is nothing more. Let me make something very clear. You see, tongues has been the thing that everybody fights over, fusses over. Tongues is the thing that everybody kind of gets all up in arms over. But you know, when you really think about it, tongues is not what it's all about. Tongues was what happened after the Holy Ghost fell. Tongues was something that came as an evidence. It was something there to show them that something mighty, supernatural, and powerful had taken place. But let me remind you of something. That was the gift of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't a tongue. It was a person. And he came to empower you to be a witness for him. My problem with the church sometimes is everybody's like, oh, if you received your language, don't get mad at me. I just think we get caught up in some of the silliest things. Did you receive your language? 
Well, have you talked in your language today? No, the proper question should be, have you been breathed on by God's Holy Ghost today? Have you been filled with this precious Holy Spirit this morning? Are you walking in the Spirit, living in the righteousness of Christ? Because you have been filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit of God. We get so off track sometimes. We get so spiritual and doctrinated that we forget ourselves. We, we got doctrines in every church. I'm telling you, you look at somebody and you don't look at a good, wonderful, awesome Baptist brother. You don't look at one of them and say, and say, well, there's a brother in the faith. There's one that's come through by way of the cross. No, most of the time we're like, well, you know, once saved, always saved. I mean, we get so caught up in stuff. Man, I'm telling you, it's about understanding the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and becoming a blood-bought child of God, living to please Him in the righteousness that Christ gives to us. And He went away not to give us a language. He went away to give us power, power, wonder-working power. He went away to give the church what it needed so that Jesus, he said, I have been with you. I have been with you. And, oh, I've, I've tried to do as much as I can in ministry here, but I've got this thing that I'm going to do. It's go, I'm going to leave you. And when I leave you, and I'm telling you, I'm going to go, and I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to send the Spirit. He has been with you. So many examples in the Old Testament. Samson moved upon by the Holy Spirit. And then we understand in Joshua chapter 16, it says, And he did not realize the Spirit had departed. The Spirit was with him. And then the Spirit was not with him. You see, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God, it was unusual for the Spirit to be on somebody. David danced before the Lord with all his might. He was moved upon by the Spirit. There were different times. Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, they all, Joshua, fought his battles under the strategy of the Holy Spirit. There were times the Holy Spirit would come on, come upon the children of God. They were usually exceptional people. They were people that were prophetic. They, they were people anointed to win battles and to do big, mighty things for God. But see, that plan was about to change because at Pentecost, it became a whole new thing. You see, there, the Holy Spirit what came when he descended and fell in that upper room. It didn't matter who you were. You could have been the janitor working in the nursery, or you could have been in the parking lot parking cars. You could have been out back shoveling the hay. You could have done anything. It didn't matter who you were. All believers, all flesh were filled with the Holy Ghost. And from that moment forward, then the church began to move out. And as the church moved out, thousands began to come to faith. Until today, over one billion strong are in this mighty movement of God. And we are still declaring the same thing that we were back then. We were saying, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Lest any man should ever boast. It's not about you. It's not about your works. It's not about who you are. It's about who he is. It's about what he does and how he moves through us. That's what's exciting about it. That's why I get so pumped up. I'm as wild here as I was watching Evan Crow play basketball. I get, uh, you know why? 
Because this is not just church. It's not just religion. Pastor, did you see my check this morning? Pastor, I'm here. Pastor. Pastor. It's not about that. What excites me, what excites me is when I know, you see, I know there's a difference between just a, a goosebump and fire. I know the difference. I know the difference. Fire. Fire. The old prophet said, fire, shut up in my bones. How can I be quiet? I can't be quiet. I don't know about you. I can't be quiet. I, I may do it, I may talk quiet. I may, may not have a personality that, that's out there in the middle of everything. I may not get out there and sing when you preach. And, oh, maybe you're not the type to do all that. But what is in here, it comes out through your dedication and your loyalty. I've known people who were quiet as they could be, but oh, the, the, the strength and the supernatural power that dwelled within them was amazing. See, what I love about this church is, is you can shout and nobody gets weird. You know, you go to some places, and, and I've actually been to some, but you go to some, and you sit there, and all of a sudden, people are doing things, and, and it's like, what are they doing? Lord, this is terrible. The devil's in this place. I'm leaving. People get all scared. What I love about this church is you can shout, you can run the aisles, and we'll just say, well, bless them, Lord. <laughs> That's all right. Well, you can sit there. And you can be so overwhelmed with the Spirit of God that you can do nothing but weep, nothing but cry, or bow your head. And it's all right. Because it's not about the thing you do. It's about the Spirit of God in you, dwelling in you, baptizing you, sanctifying you, helping you to live and walk in righteousness and to live out the joy of the Lord. I want to close this morning. If you'd stand, I, I, I got to page five and I've got 17. I want to get to the parts where I talk about how the devil, oh, oh, I wish I could do that. Mm. Cancel your cookout. Let's go back. <laughs> you see, I got this whole section here. I, I felt the Lord so strong. I'm going to preach part two next time. I, I, I got to. Because I thought about, can you imagine how Satan felt? We already know he was absolutely just tore apart at Calvary. We know in the first half, when the lightning and the earthquake and the crucifixion and the beating and the death was hanging and he goes, it is finished. We know the devil was dancing a jig. You know, he was all happy. Then we know he got real nervous and upset when everybody was talking about the stone and, and the three days, the in-between time. And then we know that he got really upset when Jesus walked out of that tomb. First of all, he saw him coming down through the quarters of hell. 
And when he saw him walking down there, he was like, oh, no. I mean, I, I can't wait to talk to some angels who were there. I'm going to sit down with coffee, you know, a little white chocolate mocha. We're going to talk about, hey, what was it like when Jesus walked down through the caverns of hell? What was the look on the devil's face? I just want to know, did you see it? I'm going to find the one who saw it, and I'm going to be like, dude, tell me. What did he look like? Oh, I hope they got the DVD of that. I want to play that one. Now I'm going to play it over and over again. I'm going to put that one on my heavenly iPhone, and I'm going to just play it all the time. Look at the devil's face. <laughs> Jesus defeated you. He won. You thought, he, you, thought you had him. But the Holy Spirit came tiptoeing into the tomb. The Holy Spirit came tiptoeing in the tomb. And the Bible says he was the power and the agent of God that said, no, son, you're, you're dead. But whew, he came back to life. Can you imagine how the devil felt when Jesus ascended up to heaven. He probably was like, yes, get out of here. Yeah, let me have my kingdom back. Let me have my dominion back. I ain't afraid of these people now that I got you out of the way. And Jesus looked down and said, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, well, good riddance. Yeah, you think so? I know so. <laughs> All right, then. Jesus sits down with the Father, and they had that discussion. And one, I'm sure one of them was like, show him. <laughs> and God says, Spirit, go. And the devil's standing around there. He hears what's happening in that upper room, Sister Ruthie. He hears what's happening. He's like, what's going on? All the people in downtown are going, man, these people are partying hardy. The devil knows better. He starts wringing his hands. What are they up to now? What is that trinity up to now? What are they doing now? What play? You know, because the devil, you know, he don't know everything. And he's wondering what in the world they're doing. Then all of a sudden, the devil hears that breath. He says, no. No, no, no. It was bad enough when I had to fight the Son of God. It was bad enough when I had to fight him. And I won. I, 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 did, I may have even been you know, defeated by him in the end, but I won a few battles there. He says, now, what's going on? The rushing mighty wind, the fire, tongues, the power of God, the power to witness. Peter comes out, gets on a rock and starts preaching. 3,000 people bow, and the devil goes, oh, no. It was bad enough when I had to fight one. I was defeated by Jesus. Now I got to fight and be defeated by all of these believers because they're filled with the exact same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. That same spirit resides in me, and that spirit is now in you, and we are doing the work of God. The devil fears and trembles at the weakest of us on our knees. 
He fears you when you're full of God. He fears you. That's why the Bible says, resist the enemy and he will flee from you. He turns high tails and runs. You need to remember who you are and you need to remember what power is living in you and you need to start acting and living like you belong to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So pardon me if I get, up, if I get riled up. Pardon me if I get a little excited up here. You see, I've got the creator of the universe, the one who put the stars and the planets in place. I've got the power that he used to make the earth and the oceans know their boundaries. The same powerful agent of God is living inside of me this morning. And I can't hardly stand it. I can't hardly stand it. Well, glory. <laughs> that same power. Lift your hands. You need a miracle. In the name of Jesus, head to foot. The same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit working right now in the name of Jesus. Just now. Heal him, Lord, all the way down his back. Touch him Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Send the power just now. Hallelujah. Lord, send the power just now. And I want you, you'll be out of here by 12.30. You'll be done and on your way to a cookout. Get out from your seat. As many as will, meet me in the altar as quickly as you can. We're going to pray right now. We're going to ask God to empower us with that spirit in such a way that when we leave here, we are not the same. You want the power. You're hungry for the power of God. You don't want to live in the defeat that the enemy has deceived you with. You're done with that. You're ready to be filled with the spirit and the power of God. The power to overcome. The power to conquer every temptation that comes down the pike. And you're, you're here. You're ready now. You want victory. You want deliverance. You want God to continue to do the work. And you move in as quickly as you can. Others are coming down the aisle. Get in as close as you can. Sing it again, real loud. Do it, all oh, of you. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. Lift your hands to God oh, right where you are. Oh, Lord, send the power just now. And baptize everyone. The Bible says receive the Holy Spirit. I want you right now to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Right where you are. In Jesus' name. Right now. My life is different. My life will never be the same. I'm filled with the power of Almighty God. Receive the Spirit of the Lord. And baptize everyone. Call out your praise. Call out your praise to him. Talk to him. Lord, fill us full. Fill us full. Saturate us, oh God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, send the power. 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 Oh,
Somebody over here filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. Filled with the baptism of the most. People have been saved here this morning already. Awesome what God has done. How many of you would say, the Lord has touched me. I'm leaving here and I'm empowered by His Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tell you, don't leave here like you came. Don't let the devil tell you when you get out the door, boy, you didn't get nothing. Don't let him tell you that. Mm. What is it? Lift your hands. In the name of Jesus. Mm. Reach out and touch the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. As He goes by, your find is not too busy. To answer your prayer, he's passing by this morning. Your needs he will supply. Reach out. 
Good job. 